You are now tuned in to the Decoding Success Podcast, where we reveal game-changing habits, formulas, and routines from the world's most successful individuals to help you think and live larger. What is going on? You are rocking with your host, Matt Labrie, on the Decoding Success Podcast. Absolutely beyond grateful you're here right now, tuned into the show. If you're new here, I want to say welcome. Super excited to have you. And if you've been a part of the Decoding Success Faithful, welcome back. Always excited to have you rocking with us, especially for today's episode with our special guest of the day. We are joined by Kim Kaup, who has this absolutely positive, infectious personality that we are super excited to amplify to all of you today. And I do want to mention she is bringing a shit ton of value to this show. We're diving into everything from being proud of yourself and your small wins, the power of choice, so much more, everything in between. Super, super excited to amplify this to all of you. Now, Kim is the co-founder and CEO of the Superfan Company, which is a fan engagement agency focused on creating one-of-a-kind products, programs, and strategies for entertainers, brands, and celebrities. She graduated with a BA in marketing from the University of Florida. Shout out to the Gators. She was featured on ABC's hit primetime show Shark Tank, securing offers from four out of five sharks, and was most recently seen on Live on Fox judging the 2019 Miss USA pageant. Previously, she was named to Inc.'s 35 Under 35, Advertising Ages 40 Under 40, and Forbes 30 Under 30. You can find her on All Days That End in Y at Kim Cal, but we'll get into that more later on. I'm going to make sure that you're able to connect with Kim everywhere. But right now, I want to introduce you to our new partner here at Decoding Success. Some exciting times, new partnerships and all of that. We are super excited to team up with Jen Now, if you follow me on social, specifically LinkedIn, you've probably seen me spreading their good word. If you're a business owner and looking to grow your team, Gen M is the perfect way to do that. They offer an amazingly talented pool of remote marketing interns all throughout the world. You can refine your search based on location, language, skills, needs, and more on top of being able to host interviews via call or video chat right over their platform. There's also a chat feature which is absolutely amazing. Check it out at genm.grsm.io forward slash decoding success. And I know that sounded a little bit confusing, so you'll be able to find that link in the show notes of this episode right here to make it easier for you. And without further ado, here's Kim Kaup. Kim, first and foremost, we are really excited to have you. So thank you for dedicating the time to make an impact here on decoding success. Absolutely. Excited to be here. First question straight off the bat, and this is always how we kick off the show, is how do you personally define success? I define success by being proud of yourself. I think too many people define success with outside measurements, whether it's you know a certain award or a milestone that compares them to other people. And I think the best type of success is when you get home at night and you're super happy with what you did that day. I love that. I love that. Now, how do you find yourself continuously being proud of yourself? And I'm sure there are times where you're not, right? We're, we're human beings. We make mistakes. We hit road bumps. We have challenges and failures and things of that nature. So how do you find yourself finding ways to continuously be proud of yourself? 
Yeah, I think for me, it's about sort of those baby steps and those micro achievements. I was telling someone the other day, you know, I had been traveling a lot the last month and super crazy and had totally fallen out of my workout routine. So the never ending battle between work-life balance, which my God, after eight and a half years of entrepreneurship, I still haven't mastered, uh, nor do I think a lot of people master it after 20 years, whether it's corporate or entrepreneurship. But uh, I told myself, I'm going to go to the gym, you know, five days in a row, or I'm going to work out five days in a row. And whether anything else happened that day, if I had gone to the gym and it was five days in a row, I kind of patted myself on the back and said, okay, you know, that was really small, but it's meaningful. And so I do those sort of micro achievements all the time, whether it's can I read a book once a month? Am I going to post on social media once a week? You know, in my business, did I send out three new business emails a day for the whole week? So again, a lot of those baby steps, because I think when you start to accomplish those baby steps or when they start to lead into the bigger, you know, probably more sexy, cool accomplishments. For sure. Yeah. Those small goals and those small wins over time definitely do equate to the large goal when they're continuously compounded. I definitely agree with you there. Now you brought up work-life balance. This is going to throw me in a loop here, but I'm curious, do you even believe in work-life balance? Do you think there's such a thing? No, I actually call it work-life choices because every day when you wake up, you are met with choices. And there are some days when I make the choice to be an amazing, kick-ass, girl boss, owner of my own business, you know, really great leader for my team and I absolutely crush. And that means on those days that I'm maybe not the best friend or partner or daughter because I can't go to somebody's birthday or I miss sending, you know, a congratulatory text or whatever it might be. And those are choices that you're making every single day. And it's, it's never a balance. It's an active choice between your family, between your friends, between your work, between yourself. And all you can hope is that in the end, your choices balance out somewhat and you try to, you know, make good choices here and there, but you know, it's, it's constantly a choice. I, I don't think balance is a realistic term. Power of choice. Now let's talk way before, you know, choices and work-life balance were even a thing, you know, before Shark Tank, before the Forbes and Inc. recognitions going back to, I believe you were, you were growing up in Florida, correct? Yeah. I grew up in West Palm beach. Was the dream always entrepreneurship? No, never, not at all. Um, I am definitely an accidental entrepreneur. <laughs> not something that I did on purpose. Uh, it's not something that I was planning for or that I thought was a goal at all. And I think that that's an important story that I always try to lift up because I think a lot of the stories and a lot of the things that you hear are about people who are extremely successful or have owned their own businesses or taken them public and whatnot. And they always say, you know, well, 
Gary Vee or, well, Richard Branson, you know, what did you want to do when you were growing up? And they say, oh, well, I always had this entrepreneurial blood and I always knew that I was going to do my own thing because when I was young, I was selling candy on the back of the bus or I was (laughs) mowing lawns and started a lawn mowing conglomerate when I was in middle school. And, you know, I was never that person I was the person buying candy from the kid at the back of the bus. Um, You know, and I I tell that story because I think it's one that is not told enough. I think too often you hear, you know, the ones that are born with it, if you will. And while there are tons of entrepreneurs that are definitely born with it, there are entrepreneurs like me who have found themselves in the position by happenstance or you know, as I call it by accident. For sure. Now what sparked or made you catch that entrepreneurship bug? And, you know, I'm going to throw a second question on there. How did you find yourself acting on the ideas that came about? Because I think that's, it's one thing to have the ideas. It's a whole other thing to actually act on them, right? You know, I think it, it was born out of perfect timing and circumstance. You know, when I started the company, I was 25 years old. And so I think that's a unique time in your life that I didn't have a husband. I didn't have kids. I didn't have a mortgage. I didn't have a car payment. I had gotten a scholarship for school, so I didn't have college debt following me around. I was extremely fortunate and privileged to not have credit card debt at that point in my life. And so I was in a very unique position that if there was ever a time to take a risk, that for me was it. You know, I think it's much more brave when people say I have a spouse and two kids and I work at a pretty cushy job, you know, I'm a dentist at a dentist practice and I like my coworkers and I'm going to leave this dental practice and I'm going to start my own practice. You know, that to me is much more brave and scary because you have kids and you have a mortgage and a spouse and you like your coworkers. And I was in a very unique position that I didn't have any of those responsibilities. And I was also somewhere that I wasn't quite happy in, in terms of my corporate job. So there was no love lost of, oh, I'm so scared to leave all these people and this cushy job that I love. You know, I didn't have that and nor did I have any of the responsibilities. So it was a very unique position that I don't think many people uh, get to be in when they start their own business. For sure. I resonate with that on a very high level. I'm actually in a very similar position right now at 26. So you essentially, you just played the hand you were dealt and I respect that. Now, looking back at where you were to where you are now with the Superfan Company, what are your biggest takeaways from that journey? My biggest takeaways from that journey, I think it's just the continual improvement. You know, I think that there is something to be said about constantly trying to be a better version of yourself, whether that's reading leadership books or self-help books or listening to podcasts like this one or reading, you know, books or listening to books on Audible, you know, whatever it is that you're doing, you know, we all love to binge stranger things and we all love to binge our latest TV shows and movies and whatnot. But you know, those are really fun. And I, I kind of look at those like McDonald's. It's really fun to eat, 
and great and tastes delicious, but I don't know if it's helping you in the long run. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if it's improving your health, you know, whereas when you're listening to podcasts like this or, you know, reading a business book or maybe taking an adult education class after work or maybe taking a LinkedIn learning class on the weekends, you know, I joke that it's a little bit of Popeye and the spinach, you know, it's eating that spinach and growing those muscles that that's what's going to make you better. Um, it might not be as fun to eat the spinach. <laughs> it never is. Uh, but that's really what's going to make the difference as you continue on your own career path or your entrepreneurial journey. Yeah, continuous learning is literally so important. Now, if you were to, if you were able to have a conversation with Kim that was just starting out at 25, like you mentioned, or maybe even the Kim at the halfway point to where you are now, what advice would you give yourself? I think if I could get back in a little time machine, there'd be, God, there'd be lots of advice I'd give myself. But <laughs> if I had to distill it down to one thing that I just, I quite honestly did a really crappy job at uh, that I try to warn entrepreneurs about all the time now is that you picked entrepreneurship. You know, you picked the long nights, you picked the hard work, but your family and friends did it. Like they didn't sign up for that. They're being taken along on the journey, but they are not willing passengers on that plane. Like you got on the plane, they sort of got dragged onto the plane. And so you need to do a really good job when you're starting the company, something I did a terrible job at, of preparing those people and saying, listen, I'm not going to be as available to go on family vacations. And I'm not going to be as available with my girlfriends to do boozy brunches on Sundays. And <laughs> I'm not going to be as available to go to so-and-so's happy hour drinks after work. And I say that that's important because you want your friends and your family to know that you still love them and care about them. And most importantly, need their support during, you know, what can be called a very turbulent time as you start your business and you don't want those people to feel ignored or that you don't care. So you kind of need to prep them, you know, buckle your seatbelts. Here's what's to expect. Here's what you can expect from me. And so that they feel ready for the ride that they're about to go on with you. And I think I did a really sort of awful job at that. I think I hurt a lot of people's feelings and, you know, made a lot of people upset, whether it was friends or family. And it was no fault of my own. I, I really didn't prepare people in the way that I now looking back should have. I mean, that's realness right there. And I appreciate you sharing that. That's a very unique response. I mean, I've personally never heard that, but you know, it that's real when it comes to entrepreneurship, right? And I mean, I always tell myself, and I'm, I'm probably guilty of this myself, but the thing I always tell myself is that no one else can drink from my cup if I'm not, you know, filling it up, right? How can I ever share? So that's always my mindset. But now that you say it, you know, it, it's resonating with me that, wow, I probably do a real shitty job at that as well. So I'm definitely grateful you shared that. True. I would say that it's true, not even for entrepreneurs. You know, there are people with really big corporate jobs. You know, I'm sure that I'm, I don't know, CEO of Bank of America. You know, yeah, I'm sure he has missed some soccer games of his kids. And I'm sure still, you know, Sheryl Sandberg from Facebook is not at every on-roll breakfast with 
her son or daughter. So, you know, it's also true of corporate life is again, going back to those work life choices um, and balance is really, you know, making those people around you prepared of, okay, I'm going to take this new SVP promotion at my job, but it means that, you know, mommy's going to have to work late or daddy's going to have to duck out on the weekends. You know, it's a great new role, but it comes with more responsibility. The power of choice. It comes up again. I love it. Now, Kim, what are the characteristics or the habits that you feel have contributed the most to your continued success? And the reason I ask that is because you've already exemplified, you know, continuous learning. You've already talked about decisiveness by playing the hand you were dealt. Now, is there anything else that you feel like contributed? You know, I think a lot of things that, you know, when you look back in 2020 hindsight, there was lots of things that I had done that prepared me for entrepreneurship. But I, again, going back to being an accidental entrepreneur, I didn't even know I was doing it at the time, you know, so I'll, I'll give you one example, but I was working at Condé Nast and I'm sure a lot of people can relate to this, but I would be terrified to speak up in meetings. Like we'd have these big meetings with 30 or 40 people on the marketing team and the sales team. And, you know, we'd be brainstorming Q1 or Q2 ideas. And I would have an idea that I thought was really good. And I'd, uh, I'd say, Kim, just, you know, raise your hand and say this silly idea that you have. And again, it was my first job. So I was probably 22 or 23 years old. And the thought of raising my hand in this group of 30 or 40, really smart, really talented, well-seasoned publishing executives was terrifying because I just thought, oh, they're going to laugh at my idea or my idea is not smart enough or it's stupid. And it was really something that I knew I needed to work on. So I signed up for a class at NYU that was, it, it was a night class, so I could do it after work. And they didn't have public speaking at night, but they did have something that was called on camera. And it was the same thing of learning to speak on camera. And it was a really, it was a very helpful class. But if you have ever tried to listen your, to yourself on a voicemail, or watch a recording of yourself, you know how painful it is. You hear your own voice and it's, you know, nails on a chalkboard or <laughs> you watch yourself on video and, you know, you're going, oh, I'm, I'm slouching or my hair looks weird or what am I doing with my nose? And, you know, you're kind of constantly criticizing yourself. But it was a class that I took to build up that confidence in myself, in my presentation skills, so that when I had an idea or I had something to contribute to the team, I was learning these skill sets to learn how to present in a better way. Now, obviously, lo and behold, now as an entrepreneur, I present every single day. I'm, I'm constantly presenting my business, our ideas to our clients, to our stakeholders. You know, I'm, I'm constantly there doing tons of presentations. So at the time I was taking that class to, you know, learn to be more confident and brave in a meeting. But what it secretly was doing was teaching me to become a better presenter, which I, now I do all the time. So there's probably hundreds of instances like that where the things that I was doing at the time, going back to that constant self-improvement that ended up helping me immensely now as a, as a founder of my business. For sure. I always feel like there's some underlying factors, you know, that there's stuff that we can see in 
you know, great vision. Like we, we could see it perfectly. And then there's things that are embedded underneath it that, you know, really come out over time. So I appreciate you sharing that. Now, what's a question you wish more people asked you in regards to business and entrepreneurship? I wish that more people would ask about how to motivate others. I think so much of entrepreneurship is focused purely on the founder and about, you know, the glory, if you will, how much money you raised or, you know, your latest investors or your partnerships. And so much of entrepreneurship really is motivating those who work for you, motivating those who work with you, motivating your partners to continue to partner with you. I mean, so much of it comes down to continuing to get people to, you know, believe in what you believe and to help them see the vision of what you think it can become. And I think that that doesn't get talked about enough, but I think is actually really important and a huge part of the day-to-day. So how do you find yourself motivating your team? It's a lot of listening. (laughs) It's a lot of listening because what motivates me isn't going to be what motivates you and it's not going to be what motivates the person down the street. So it's a lot of listening and figuring out what does motivate the people around you. And you know, for some people, that's, you know, a lot of different things. It can be what motivates them is time off and unlimited vacation. For some people, it's, you know, money. For some people, it's, you know, being able to uh, take off of work when they want to take off of work. Flexibility, you know, that's a huge one now. And I think it's just figuring out where everybody's motivational points lie. And that's going to be different for each individual. I love that. Spot on, spot on. Now, Kim, I want to respect your time, but I want to squeeze two more questions out of you. The first one being, what was a piece of advice that you didn't want to hear, but it proved to be true over time? A piece of advice that I didn't want to hear, but it's definitely true over time is that to enjoy the moment. You know, I kind of looked at that as when you have older people and they come back to high school or college and they say like, enjoy these years. And they like wave their finger at you, you know, enjoy it, sonny. And you're like, (laughs) oh, whatever, mom, or, you know, shut up, Janet. Like I, you know, (laughs) I have it all figured out. And then you yourself leave high school or graduate college or whatever. And you wistfully look back and you're like, oh, you know, those years, I should have enjoyed it more. Uh, You know, I didn't know what I had. And I think a lot of times in entrepreneurship, I was constantly given the advice of, you know, enjoy this moment. And I was like, shut up, Bob. Like, I I can't enjoy the moment. I got to get the next, you know, go to the next ring on the ladder and I got to keep climbing and I got to keep working. And I wish in retrospect, I had sort of enjoyed those moments a little bit more because you're never going to get them back. You know, getting our first big retail deal, hitting a million dollars in revenue, um, all of these big milestones, you know, I'll never have them again. And I wish I had stopped, even if it was for like a day (laughs) or an hour and really celebrated those instead of being, you know, hyper competitive and probably a a trait of most entrepreneurs, which is, okay, I checked one thing off the to-do list. What's the next thing on the to-do list? You know, what, what's the next goal? What's the next thing? I wish I had 
taken a moment and really savored those a little bit more. For sure. I mean, living in the present and living in the moment is super challenging as an entrepreneur. Then when you're an entrepreneur in New York City and all of those other factors come into play, it definitely makes it even more challenging. So I'm curious, how do you find yourself, you know, grounding yourself and being present? I think it's something that I'm constantly working on. (laughs) I definitely don't think I have it figured out, but I think for me, what I have done is I've tried to sort of outsource that help. And whether it's telling my friends or telling my family or my boyfriend, whoever it is, and saying, hey guys, I just landed you know, a new account or I just did whatever and letting them be like, oh my gosh, that's so great. Okay, let's go to dinner to celebrate. And then I'm, it kind of shares the, not only the news with everybody, but again, allows them to share in the celebration. And I think that's also important because going back to the fact that you're definitely going to be missing birthday parties and family vacations, it's also important to include those people in the wins, you know, because they're, they're seeing the brunt of it. They're seeing you text under the deep table at Shabbat, you know, because you're not paying attention to what's going on. So it's important to, while they're dealing with all of the downfalls of you being an entrepreneur, to have them also celebrate the, the wins of you being an entrepreneur as well. I love that outsource approach. That's awesome. Now, if someone came up to you seeking a piece of advice to help them achieve their definition of success, what would you tell them? I would tell them to try as much as possible to stay true to what they actually want and what they believe. I think so much, and listen, we're all guilty of it, right? We listen to whether it's podcasts or follow people on Instagram and you sort of get this feeling of keeping up with the Joneses of, oh, well, they got a boat. Now I need a boat. They got new shoes and now I need new Yeezys or whatever it is. And really trying to, whether it's through meditation or journaling, or maybe just thinking to yourself in the shower instead of playing music while you're in the shower, but really centering yourself, however you decide to do it and saying, what do I actually want? Like, are the Yeezys actually going to make me happy? Or would using that money for something else actually make me happy? Because I think a lot of times, you know, because of social media or just because of social norms and pressures, we, we lose that little voice inside of ourselves, our own little internal GPS that is trying to lead us to things that make us really happy. I hear that. I think that's a message everyone needs to hear. And that's actually the foundation of this show. It's like society has this painted definition or painted picture of success. And we fall into that trap to to feed egos and things of that nature. So I definitely appreciate you sharing that. Now, Kim, where can people keep up with you on social? Do you have any upcoming projects? Anything people should know about? Yes, I am on socials probably more than I should be. (laughs) Most of all. Uh, I'm definitely on Instagram and LinkedIn the most. Um, On Instagram, it's just my name, Kim Kalp. So if you search, I joke with people all the time, but if you search Kim K and even like Kim and then K-A, I'm the one right under Kardashian. So (laughs) I'm the Kim K that keeps her clothes on. (laughs) You're not going to see any uh, nude pictures of me. All big ups to Kim Kardashian. Looks amazing. Uh, that is not what you'll be finding on my Instagram. So I am the one right under Kardashian, uh, or I'm on LinkedIn again, just my name, Kim Kalp, but those are the ones that I'm probably on the most. 
Awesome. Kim, thank you so much for joining us today. I truly appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And there it is from Kim herself. There is a ton of value within this episode that we're going to dissect in just a few moments. But what I want to make sure that you do is connect with Kim on social. As mentioned earlier, her personality is so freaking dope. And we can all learn from her insights and experiences and things of that nature. So make sure you are connecting with her on LinkedIn and the gram. As she mentioned, that's where she spends most of her time. She even mentioned she spends a little bit too much of her time. So you can tell she's very human like us all. But seriously, make sure you're connecting with her there. I connected with her on LinkedIn. That's exactly how we were able to bring her here on Decoding Success. So again, Kim, shout out to you. And as she mentioned on the gram, she's not Kim K-ish, but I promise you I follow her on the gram. She has great, great content. I love keeping up with her stuff, and I know you will too. So make sure you're checking her out there. And as mentioned, I would love to start dissecting all of the value that Kim dropped right here in this episode. Episode. The only thing is she drops so much. I'm literally looking at my notes right now and I'm a little flabbergasted. Yes, my vocabulary is that intense. I, you can use the word flabbergasted, but on a more serious note, there are three things that really stood out to me that really resonated with me on a super, super high level. I would love to share with all of you. First one being work life choices, right? This is something that applies to not only entrepreneurs. So I don't care if you're a nurse. I don't care if you're a firefighter, a physical therapist. If you are a business owner, a C-suite executive, whatever the case is, we all have the power of choice in our hands. And listen, choice is much bigger than just work life, right? It's, are you going to eat the fucking burger from McDonald's or are you going to eat the, you know, the impossible burger from wherever you're at, right? The, The difference of the two, and I'm not saying one's better than the other. In fact, I probably would never eat the Impossible Burger, but that's totally beyond the point. The point that I'm making here is that there are choices to be made, especially when it comes to work and life and that quote unquote balance that doesn't seem to exist when we ask more and more people that hop on this show. And, you know, it's an act of choice, right? It comes down to what are you willing to sacrifice? Are you willing to sacrifice the night out in the meatpacking district or the, the trip to Miami to blow 10 grand at freaking SLS and live to feed your body with sin and ego boost? You know, like it just literally, what are you, what are you willing to sacrifice? What are you willing to sacrifice? I think that was, you know, an amazing reminder that we all have the power of choice in our hands, right? We're the ones that are writing our own story and choice is a part of that story. What choices are you going to make? So ask yourself that question. Now, the second thing, again, a a constant reminder that I feel like we all need is to understand that we have the power. Again, we do have the power. Again, it's a choice to continuously improve ourselves, right? To continuously strive for our greatest level of greatness. And it really comes down to a whole bunch of things. Are we willing to take a course? Do we have an ego saying, oh, I have this degree from NYU or I have this degree from Dartmouth, whatever the case is, like, are you willing to continuously invest in your education, whether that is an online course, whether that is a book, shout out to Audible who partnered with us here at Decoding Success, providing all of you that are tuned into this episode right now, a free audiobook of your choice. Like the resources are out there. If you want to claim that free audiobook, all you have to do, it's literally 
free 99. All you have to do is head over to audibletrial.com forward slash decoding success, put in a couple things of information, no credit card necessary, and it's totally yours. Literally, the resources are out there for us to continuously improve, and it is our choice if we are going to tap into that. Third thing that I want to talk about is enjoying the moment. Literally, something that I resonate with on such a high level right now is enjoying the present moment because so many times in my life personally, I catch myself thinking so far ahead. And as we heard Patrick but David say on this show, when you live in the past, you cause yourself depression. And when you live in the future, you cause yourself anxiety. So the only place to truly be is right here in the present moment. And in fact, on top of Patrick saying that, I highly suggest checking out that episode if you have not yet. But on top of Patrick saying that, I want you to think about this. The only thing that we truly do have is the present moment. The future certainly isn't promised to us and the past is already gone. So the only thing that we do have right here, right now is this moment, right? It's such a powerful ability to be able to stay in the present moment and it doesn't happen overnight. So I don't want it to come off as if, you know, you have this magical power. It takes time. Listen, it takes mindfulness. It takes practice. It takes choice to actually do it. So Kim, again, shout out to you for dropping such amazing value and great reminders on top of that what I'm gonna ask everyone to do that are tuned in right now I want to know what resonated with you on a high level so hit me up on the gram hit me up on Twitter hit me up on LinkedIn Facebook whatever you're most comfortable at at M-A-T-T underscore L-E-B-R-I-S on Twitter and Instagram if we're not already connected make sure you're shouting this out I would love to shout you out in return and on LinkedIn and Facebook just my name Matt Labrie I would absolutely love to connect with you and learn what resonated with you the most and spurs some conversation around that. I think that would be really, really dope. On top of that, if you haven't yet, I would absolutely love and appreciate more than the world is if you can drop a rating and review. Listen, we are set to hit 200 by the end of the year and we're pushing hard for that. You have the ability, and again, you have the choice to help us achieve our goal. It would mean the absolute world to us to continuously get individuals just like Kim herself on this show because it helps us build our street cred. So again, if you could drop that rating and review, shout us out, make sure you connect with Kim. Let me know what resonated with you the most from this episode. And until next time, everyone, be blessed. Peace.